All right, so welcome back to the Venture Capital Podcast. Before we invite or introduce our guest, Peter and I were talking about what we want 20 to 23 to look like. And I think our elevator pitch is we want to be very raw and unscripted, like very much VC unfiltered. We're going to do our best to protect the confidentiality information of the show. Uh, but wherever possible, like we want you to know like the behind the scenes dirt. Is that a fair, fair way? Is that how that conversation went, Peter? Yep. You said it more succinctly, much more succinctly. And we're going to start bringing guests on for the podcast this year. So Scott Paul is the first guest and we'll talk about his background. Maybe I'll talk about it real fast. So Scott Paul has sold two, three companies. I mean, yeah, there's there's ones that, that I was that like you were operating. Like, the one that you were operating, two or three. What's the official number? Two or three. Armor Active. Oh, I mean, they're selling and then there's exits. Right? And you exited to Disney. So two that I feel like, yay, that worked out. There's okay. others that and like great sells. Okay. And since then, he's been the most active angel investor in the state. I don't look, have the actual I data. I think so, but active, I would yes, think so. I'm up there. You're doing I'm more deals. I'm very hyperactive. Who's more active than you? Brandon Fugel? I think Kirk Wiemann is. Kirk Wiemann? Because he just puts everything into everything on the... Uh, Angel list. Okay. But I think in Utah, I'm pretty hyperactive. Yeah. Yeah. So the I'm Richards, about, like, the Richards family might be like Tyler and John are pretty active. But I think you do more deals than he does. I think Jeremy Andrus is in more I was going to say, I think Jeremy Andrus. Anybody. I don't oh. think he's active. Like he's not doing it, but Aaron. All I know is I think John Richards said you were the most active from his perspective. That's cool. Okay. I'll take it. Well, so I feel, so I feel one of active. the most active. All right. I think yeah. we can all agree on that. Also, but, for legal reasons, this podcast <laughs> is not financial, legal, accounting advice i am not an investor in any with scott or his his venture fund anyone else want to disclose anything peter are you an investor i'm a proud investor in convoy awesome all right and also um he has a vc fund that he launched called convoy ventures so with that let's kind of dig in so we're not going to talk about how you've already sold a couple of companies one to disney we are going to talk about like what is the genesis of convoy yeah why did you start it okay what is this whole focus on like what is pre-seed capital stuff like that and yeah. so i'm the moderator we got two technical experts so like let's dive in we're two are we the technical experts yes i'm not a vc i'm not an active investor i used to be okay i met you when you were when i was an operator and you were actually acting as vc back at correct launch up yeah we'll talk no about utah that. angels before that you, oh. you came and pitched and oh, crazy. You, you showed us your revenue numbers you talked company? about active iPad armor ipad enclosures yeah i think it was you pitched as ipad enclosures yeah yeah that warren osborne early. that would have been early looks like he was fairly interested might do the deal my big the, i was frustrated with that group because they weren't doing deals so you you would have deals that i thought d at least deserved a look yeah and they would just come pitch leave come that's pitch leave I, for that's what i felt years. watching some of them too i didn't feel like those angel groups really were decision makers i felt like it was kind of get together eat some steak and uh Mm -hmm. you know fill fill and, and make fun of companies really well it's just like not like Behind it was something back. to do like the company yeah. the, you you come you pitch you then leave yeah and they're like you know they're, they have, you feel great as an investor <laughs> oh i'm not gonna do this deal look at me i'm so smart i can give you all the reasons why they suck and will fail <laughs> mm -hmm. which but they weren't let's be honest like that's the that's the easiest thing to do it really is right like i can i could kill any single mm, deal exactly out there period but it gets a lot harder when you're open to everything. When you're, my, my, I, I like every deal. It's <laughs> hard because you got to scrutinize. Not every deal is a deal. It's mm -hmm. a tough balance. But I like to leave the entrepreneurs encouraged by something. If they have something to be encouraged by, I'm definitely trying to encourage them to get that. And so almost every idea you hear or every deal has something you can benefit them by telling them versus just like, oh, we're going to pass and no data. Like that's so frustrating when, when these 
groups just listen to you and then give you zero good stuff to go work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's hard, right? Because I don't know. Sometimes entrepreneurs don't want to hear it. Yeah, they don't. Most of them don't. They, they just want to argue with you yeah. on why you're wrong. And that's good because then you can hear then like in that argument, I think, is when they when you really feel the that's the real pitch is in the back and forth. Yeah, you start fair. to you start to find out if they have it and like, are they going to be able to weather it all? Is it appropriate to argue with a VC? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. OK. And you're the customer. In my opinion, the entrepreneur is the customer. And so they can have, they should be able to open a complaint ticket, you know, and go mm -hmm. back and forth until their issues are settled. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a really good VC, you should be able to see value in taking care of your customers. And that could be even prospective customers or the entrepreneurs that are there before you've uh, given them any money. And so they're still in a pipeline. They're still very important to your overall, like, uh, flow of doing business. Yeah, but I haven't historically argued with investors and I've got a, a side deal that I'm working on. Yeah. And I got in this argument. I felt like the investor appreciated me much more after the argument. Anyway, side note. That's a good point, right? Kind yeah. Second, second set idea. Convoy Ventures. How did it, how did it begin? Because this is, a, well, is this an extension of your angel investing? Well, it was a marriage of um, a good friend who had been doing Convoy like as a company, it was called Convoy um, Events. Well, even yeah, even before events, it was just called Convoy, and it was a it was Trent Mono who would take entrepreneurs out to random cities and the and random yeah random cities across the world actually, and just put twenty five people into kind of new environments where serendipity could ensue and collisions could happen, and then uh, over like ten years, a lot of he he built up a great relationship with a lot of LPs and founders. Um, Mostly founders that now are LPs in the fund. So it was so I'm over here doing angel investments for seven years. Trent's over here making tons of these great trips and uniting people, making a network. And uh, it was a perfect time where I had run out of all my dry powder as an angel investor because I go to the very limit of what I have to invest in ideas because I can't say no because I love everything. And over here, Trent is um, ready, looking for the next thing. And we angel list is out there, and they've just made this thing where you can like easily make a fund where you're not having to do all the back office stuff. You just kind of let them be the rails of the, of the hard parts of a fund. And, and you can actually advertise the fund too and solicit. So it's like time to go on LinkedIn and tell the world I've, I, people kind of invest alongside Trent and I, and, and that's what we did a year ago and 35 deals later. And we've raised a good amount of money for you for, for a pre-seed fund for our first one. I feel, okay. I feel like we've done a good job. So I feel like Peter, they were in the hot tub. They're randomly like messing around and then hit, create a fund is that what happened that's the like in the cartoon version but honestly it was a tough time it was it was uh it was much harder than that i thought it was going to be click button but we're still getting like back and forth with angel list i mean there's a lot of manual processes that uh that we still have to do and i think one of our employees is purely kind of managing that stuff but it, it was there wasn't a hot tub there's actually a it just uh, was just at the kiln, you know, doing one of those meetings that you do. And it just there was this why not moment where it was. And then and now that we did the fund, it's so obvious to Trent and I that this is the best thing we could be doing together um, after all the things we've done. Um, and, I, and, and Convoy Events is one of the angel deals I did. So I've invested in Trent back in the day. I believe in him. I knew I knew he had the entrepreneurial spirit and that something was going to break out. And I'm just glad that it was. Uh, convoy ventures with us because that's been uh it's i think it's been a real good tear of a year for us in in a hard year too to be like 2022 was a uh one of the crazier years for making making bets on startups yeah it was a rough one <clears throat> yeah or a really good one 
Hopefully a really good one. Depending on like, because it flushed a lot of people out. And so you got to see, you got, we're making bets at the bottom right now in a way. I think 2023 will be a more interesting year. Yeah, I think so too. Because you have so many layoffs. So all of a sudden you've like unlocked massive amounts of talent. And they're all starting something. They're all starting something. And they all have these like nice severance packages where they're like, like six months and build. Six months of runway. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that. Yep. So 2023 will be a lot of, I think there'll be a good year for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the sweet spot. That's why we started. We were wanting to be like, quit your day job Yep. Uh, capital. And and so we, we just kind of want to be that first check when you're sitting at the, the company, you know, wanting to do a little moonlight oil, you know, crank away and hustle on the side for something. That was what we wanted to be as a capital for that yep. two-person idea that just needed enough to go out and kind of go on their own. Would you do AngelList again? That structure? Um, probably just because I mean, I don't feel the pain because I'm not in the, yeah. in the weeds of it, but yep. I think they've been really supportive to us. And I don't know another structure that would have been as supportive. I, I know there's a few more, but they, but you, you really want to think about what company's going to be around yep. for 20, 30 years and, yep. and a billion dollar, you know, multi billion dollar angel list is there to support us. And I think in the long run, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want my back end of my fund to be done by a startup you yeah. know, company, yeah. if that makes sense. What I like too is that it's like the subscription. So it's yeah. like once a quarter, you get hit with a capital call yeah. and it just comes out. And so like, even if you only have like a million dollars in annual commitments, you think about that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they keep ponying up every year, and, the, and we it's have, kind of the equivalent of like a four to $5 million fund. It's like a, it's like a recurring, it's like we have ARR in yeah. our fund <laughs> and that's exactly how it works. And we had some recidity and, you know, people that turned or whatever in, in our fund, but we've added a lot too. And so it is, it is, it's almost every year it renews. It's like a little SaaS business. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's like yeah. adding more people. And yeah. it gives us enough to make the best bets. I mean, we're not missing anything. In my opinion, I don't think we're really missing anything in Utah. It's a hyper-focused fund too, only in Utah. Yep. So uh, I think we have ample money to to make those, you know, $150,000 bets on 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 a and we're usually coming in the angel round we're not even like an institutional round it's yeah. like pre-seed outside of being utah focused are there any other kind of restrictions or um or kind of we're trying to do a up? thesis around obviously like a tech fund right like mm-hmm. like you know we see deals on like cookie companies that are going franchise and we see yep. those things and we won't want to be tempted by you know crumbles app is actually in the top 50 on the app store so it's like wow it starts to feel like a tech company when you got sure. that app, you know, that's connected, yep. connected cookies. Yep. Um, but I, I think that the, uh, I think that we're um, possibly just going to th- things that don't fit in our model of consumer tech or SaaS or we like AI and crypto stuff. Obviously it's kind of there, but yep. uh, if it doesn't fit in that, we're probably going to do an SPV, which is pretty nice that we've also set up an infrastructure to do a special purpose vehicle for, uh, things that don't fit right in the convoy, or you want to um, double down, or right, or we want, or we want to come or, in, and, yeah. and it's usually our LPs. Is we just go right to our LPs. Do you want to go bigger in this in this specific deal because you know this industry, or you know the founder, yep. want more exposure? Mm-hmm. What's the high level aspects of the fund? How big is the fund? How big is the team? I want to I say it's like, and we started in uh, January last year, so 12, January twenty. And I think it's only an eight million dollar fund at the moment. It's a rolling fund, though. It's right? a rolling fund, so it's like yeah. So we we have the I, I can't tell you the exact commitment. Trent would be sitting here if he was free. He's only down the street, but if he was free, he would tell you the the stats. 
or tell me what not to say. We'll bring them on later. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what high level. I don't stuff. know what to say or not to say, but yeah, it's a very small fund. So it's an $8 million rolling fund. You've done 35 deals. Your average check is 50K, 150K. I think we're like rolling right around like, I bet it's like 80 when you put it all in together because we've gone up to like 150 and we've done as low as 50. So it's, I'll bet you it's averaging around 80, 90. Okay. What's your role, your role in the fund? Entertainment. Okay. So you're on the marketing side? The brand, you're, you're the kind of like you're kind of like the non VC, the VC that's a non VC. Well, I'm just doing whatever I want. Because as we were preparing for this, I said I was asking you what, how do we prepare? I was doing my research, mm-hmm. and ironically enough, you're saying most people are not even approaching you for convoy venture things. They just want to meet you. Oh, um, yeah, maybe. Well, no, I think a lot of people want to raise money, so I do get a lot approached by that but they don't realize that i'm not making the calls okay <laughs> i i'm like i i have to set it up that way because the second people think you're the where the buck stops it's gonna they're gonna suck up all your time and i don't i don't want that i want i i always have a team and that's what trends really good at so i kind of want to be the top of the funnel whatever that is like hey we're over here doing money stuff for startups um come come have fun at one of our events come to our LP summit, but like when it gets down to the diligencing and, and like actually talking, doing the, the dating phase or whatever, I don't want to do that a ton. Right. Cause that's like, especially in startup land, like I know within, within probably five minutes of hearing a deal, I know if it's something I want, we'd, I'd want to get in or not. And we have that deal, we have that deal overview meeting. So we'll, we'll gather everything, we'll throw them up there. And it's just, it's pretty quick to know what we, what, I, I can, I've been doing it long enough in my mind that I feel like my gut's pretty tuned in and I can look at a bunch of deals on Friday and just kind of go, yay, nay, yay, nay, yay, nay. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a heavy, that's about a heavy involvement. I want, I want to give, uh, what I love is Convoy has worked with a ton of students and people that want to be in venture and giving them opportunity to help in the process and stuff. And so, and, and the talent we're getting for that, I'm so surprised or way, way, way better at, um, getting the all the data first and asking the right questions and so that when we come together for like once a week or once a month um there it's just it's just like perfectly presented on what's going down and does it do we filter out like do they get quickly filtered out because they don't match our thesis or do, you know it's like it's just really mm-hmm. fast and so I'm, I'm loving the process right now my involvement in it and it's not too heavy it doesn't mm-hmm. suck up too much of my day so what's the thesis i think we want people that are like like it's a lot of this kind of what I think Y Combinator look for, just these hacker brains, people who are cheating the systems mm-hmm. in some way, people that are using um, these unfair advantages that are happening right now in like technology, things that can be done only right now. You know, it's like, why is this now? Like, was there something that's happened in the in the ecosystem that can make this, this now is the time for that? And so, and that's, and then we really like consumer because there's so many SaaS peddlers here in town and doing this, you know, B2B software that there's a vacuum there for like these people trying really big, really big consumer ideas, you know, consumer tech. And so we want- Such as what? Such as what, what? Give me examples. Well, it's like, and what 
I think consumer tech is like things that we know globally, like a Snapchat, right? Or a, mm-hmm. uh, an Uber or like... Right, but who in, cons- who in Utah is a consumer tech startup that you're tracking? We don't have one. Oh, you want one? We need to make one. Someone needs to come out with that in the next, you know, I think in the next five years, we'll know who that is. But right now, there's not one that you said it could be company X. I don't, I wouldn't want to take a bet on, like, are the people that have, like, the embryonic stage of a a decacorn? Yeah. What came to your mind? The first? First one? Let's do it. What I'm doing next. Come on. (laughs) What you're doing next? 100%. (laughs) Can we talk about it? Sure. But like, I, that's not here for that. Let's do that for the next podcast. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe we'll have you and uh, this other founder come back. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Because I think it's that. interesting. Fun. I think yeah. it's interesting when a VC or an investor goes back into the trenches and why. Oh yeah, of course. Like, and what, then there's no in, there's no rule that says there's no r- rules that say you can't. Right? It's like hmm? I'm like second I see something's worth dedicating a lot more time to and operating in, it's like that's gonna that's gonna pull me. Um, and into that and uh it doesn't mean i can't still do venture on the side and that my co-founder in that company is also an lp in this company and 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 convoy and done a lot of stuff but i just don't think utah's had its moment yet for a consumer brand to be known globally like a household name i say and i've been saying this for over 12 years why nothing's changed why do you think um well because we didn't have one to begin with like like it's, it's been a it's been like 20 years of of b2b SaaS, and that's just kind of these companies are super uh, valuable, but they're just not, they're just not, you can't go and t- survey, you know, a hundred people in, in the streets of Brooklyn and have one person know what Qualtrics is or have one person sure, care or know sure. what but, I mean, Domo what, is. Isn't the answer Utah investors historically are not willing, are not willing to take most of those bets? Yeah, but I would argue some some Utah investors have taken bets. Yeah, yeah, I and think. they just haven't panned out, frankly. And then, but as but as a large, like, I would if you look at a risk invest or a risk yeah. a profile of a Utah investor compared to Silicon Valley, sure, it, it could just be a numbers game. It could be the same risk portfolio. But I feel like in Utah, it's like we understand B two B SaaS, we own B two B SaaS. We should have one consumer company by now. We're hyper consumers as a P population. We're super social. We're super networked, and so mm-hmm. we we should have one that's not. Like when, ML, that's not an MLM. That's okay. not the jazz of sports team. That's, that's not, not crumble. That's not crumble. That's not the Mormon church. Like those are the, those are the, in the world, everyone knows the Mormons or the tabernacle choir. Everyone knows Utah jazz. When I went to Russia in 96, everyone knew Carmelo and Stockton. And I was in the little small, you know, <laughs> Ural mountains. And it's like, that's okay. Utah. Utah was on the map because of the Utah jazz, right? So like everywhere, but like that to me still isn't, that's still borrowed from, that didn't even start here. That was borrowed from, from New Orleans. So it's like, can we get the actual, can we have something born and raised here? Even the LDS church was started back in New York. Like I want something to come out of this, this state born okay. and raised. That's consumer. Here. That's consumer. That's known throughout the world. What do you think the the top consumer businesses in Utah that's tech? Like Homie? Homie Homie had its moment, but that was regional still. They never went around. Na- neighbors actually pretty neighbors big pretty around big. the country. Yeah. I yeah, want to neighbor, see neighbors, neighbors probably numbers. bigger. And, and and you know the people at New Skin and DoTerra will just be like cussing under their breath right now because they think it's them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, outside of the MLMs, right? <laughs> but are they not consumer companies? Like, whatever. yeah, but they're not consumer tech. Yeah, you're right. Oh, consumer tech. That's true. That's consumer. True. Cons- I mean, it's debatable whether or not Homie is truly consumer yeah, I don't tech. Think, I don't think. I don't think that's really consumer tech but... either. You would think because living here that Homie was so big because they had all the nice stuff everywhere. But they are big not, in Utah, but, but, but they're you, not. But that once big again, you could else. go in almost any other state and not in the soul would know yeah, what that yeah, is. Yeah. E- even the states where they're in. Um, you could say Ancestry, probably, with some mm, of their DNA yeah. testing mm-hmm. kits is, is one, of, one of the bigger ones. Yeah, um, that's a good point. 
you know. Well, even just with their their genealogy stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. before they ever had the testing kits, they were still publicly traded just as, on as just their genealogy. Yeah. Genealogy. Yeah. 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 So I think Ancestry is becoming a. They're probably the biggest. The biggest consumer um, company that we have. That's Word Perfect. Yeah, Word Perfect's probably the first and last one that became a household name. But do you think Word Perfect? Uh, I don't know. It didn't create a PayPal. It didn't create a PayPal mafia. Quite. It. What it ended up creating was, I feel like all the Create, Novell stuff. I and that like created a lot of, like a VC mafia. Alan that, Ashton, that, Bruce Bastian. That, that was that it. created a. That created a SaaS mafia and a VC mafia and a few other things. It didn't create a, a PayPal consumer mafia. Okay. So we don't we don't have that. We just we just don't have the risk. Um, okay. People have been taking the risk to do crazy consumer things. I don't think they think big enough. We didn't have we didn't, we've never created a dating app or a social. You know what? Hey, the, mutual. Mutual, it's interesting. <laughs> but that's down in Phoenix. Um, the owner, and even though it targets the Mormon population here. But a dating app called Bumble was a, a woman who grew up in Salt Lake City. Did you oh, know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Dated Sean Rad and then made Bumble, and so um, that was you know we have we have some great people coming from the state, but no they one really stay. keeps their company here. <laughs> yeah. That's changing though. I think so. I feel like Shit. more more people are staying in Utah than leaving. Yeah. If anything, like people in Silicon Valley are coming here. Yeah. I met with a handful of entrepreneurs that came from the Bay. I think they're just escaping California, not migrating to Utah. Yeah. You know, and then soon they'll one and the same though. Yeah, exactly. All right. What are some of your favorite deals that you've done at Convoy? Um which child do you love most? Yes. <laughs> I, I just had Is that how you interpret had, that, Peter? I had uh, lunch today with one of my favorite founders is Lee Chang. He did um Ruck and it's it's such an obvious one that when you hear it, it's like duh. But it's it's still like anything. It's just like that cold start problem of a marketplace. And what it is, it's DoorDash for Home Depot and Lowe's. It's a it's a DoorDash for like uh, construction construction stuff. sites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where yeah, it's, super smart. It's, it's just it's like it's just it's like a yes that's going to exist in our lifetime. Yeah. It's going to be a no brainer. It's kind of surprising it didn't already. Like why didn't Lowe's and Home Depot already jump on this to some degree, right? Like when they are, I think Sun Pro is, and I think Home Depot is doing some trials or somebody's doing some trials with us. And, and if they're out there listening, guys go check it out. It's, it's like makes sense. And, uh, and it pencils too for, for like time on job and just getting that stuff to the site. And, uh, and so I think that will be, it's just one of my favorites because I just love the ideas he's explained. I love the founder. He's he's just uh, nimble, 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 and always has been. Um, and then there's just a lot of other. There's a lot of other ones that uh, were really awesome right when we were starting investing because it was crypto was at its all time high in January, and and then and then um, those ones have struggled because it's like we're in the winter time right now, and so now is the time to build and stay alive. Um, Build, cut, burn. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I, I mean, I could keep thinking about it and look at logos and tell you more, but uh, that's what, that's what that one's right on my mind right now. So I just wanted to say that one. Okay. Different from the other three that you talked about during our our prep. Well, those are my angel investments. Oh, those are your angel investments. What are your three top angel investments? Favorite, why, what, favorite, and what, why? Why? Why would they be my favorite? Because they're going to make me money, or they're going to make me I feel live like this longer, goes back to, or they're going. I just like hanging out with the founders. How about how about this? When you invested, you had like a thesis or vision. I was, and it's I was like, always trying to find the household like, name. Come to fruition. You have, have you had that? Like for me, it was Carta. So we invested in Carta years ago, and I was like, I immediately got like the vision, and I was like, this could be like really big because. Yeah. They start like knocking down 
you know, the entrepreneur, the funds, the LPs, like, and you start connecting this into a big marketplace. Yeah. That's super interesting and creates like these incredible networks, right? Yeah. This is a great one. You got anything like that where you're like, when you invested, you were like, I think this could be X, Y, Z. And it kind and of it already happened. Um, or at least it's headed in that direction, right? I mean, Carter hasn't fully achieved that either, but. Yeah, I feel like SACE is probably the one that's going to do that. Yeah. It's just such a simple problem and such an obvious one. And they're just, they're just such seasoned entrepreneurs that it's like, gosh, I would never bet against those guys. SACE is a cool company. The Neobank? The the Neobank for the um, Hispanic community here in the US. Yeah. That's all all in Spanish. Just like makes it very easy for them uh for the 20 i think there's 28 or 34 million I, it could be way more but there is it's a lot a lot of customers in this state in this uh, country that uh says has as, as their total addressable market what's cool about says too is that if you think about a lot of the people in that population they have massive fear yeah of banks yeah Right. Yep. They don't like going into your traditional bank, and no. so much more than I think a lot of the other uh, kind of niche focused affinity banks that yeah, are out there. Yeah, exactly. So, so they're seeing that success in their, um, in their just you know year of launch. They're seeing that just hockey stick reports that I get. So that's one's fun, and it's also I think becoming what it should. They've already done their Series A, not even a year after their seed. Um, the other, the other one that I think's fulfilling that thing is the, uh, the, I just, I, I haven't talked to the founders as much as I should. I was really involved in the very beginning before they kind of had product market fit, but that's neighbor.com. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think that Joseph's a pretty visionary. He, he stayed visionary through COVID and really kind of kept his team rallied and they, they got up to series B already and, and, uh, and they've got a really good customer base. Uh, um, nationally and if you think of what they do is they do storage uh, you can turn your extra space into storage so it can be like an RV lot on the side pad on the side of your house it can be an empty basement in a garage and uh, and so I think that I think that one has and, and then just the name allows them to do so much more than even storage so yep. who knows where they'll go with that and, and I know that the size of their vision and the whenever you can create a marketplace that makes money out of things that don't aren't currently producing income, you've really got a nice like uh, inbound supply side of the of the of the equation. And and because uh, like you know for most families, an extra hundred and twenty bucks is game changing for you know oh, across yeah. America. And that's something that can be done on neighbor. And uh, and so that's that's I think really fun to watch is is the growth of that and and that's really our only true marketplace i think that we have in utah like, yep. like there's other things but that one's truly a two-sided marketplace that's that uh that that is here and born in utah through and through so i like I, I watch that with a ton of interest i feel like i'm more bullish on neighbor from our conversation okay. I, I just feel like in my mind neighbor doesn't pencil out but then i'm my second part is if they've raised a series B, someone's looking at the numbers and there's something I don't understand about it. And their investors are the Airbnb investors and like they have Jordan or something invested on the board, like some really great investors that saw stuff that I don't think we get an opportunity to see here in Utah and Andreessen's their series A investor. So they they've attracted outside capital in ways that not many companies here in, in this and consumer companies in Utah have. 
Okay. I think their big unlock too is partnering with more commercial buildings yeah. and like getting access to that that supply and yeah. unlocking yeah. it. Right? I haven't looked at what they're up to now to like see how the mix of their product is and their partnerships, but I I know that I know that my wife's company Dree, which is Airbnb or like DoorDash of laundry, yep. is unlocking the whole idea of uh, of um, uh, the commer- the B2B contracts that can be done with food services or hotels or Airbnbs to do laundry for those. And so there's there's a lot of unlock in there if you can figure out how to make your marketplace uh, service, you know, these big existing B2B contracts and not just only customers, uh, cons- like consumers. Because they're hard. That's the hardest one for laundry. It's, it's much easier to do thousand towels that divvy uh, employees are discarding uh, uh, in that model their model than it is to take care of like baby clothes with diarrhea in them and <laughs> yep. put that into the home of another person and do laundry that way <laughs> so awesome let's go through your your bullet points and like on your website and like who you back and then we'll wrap this podcast up Ooh. but so you're specifically looking for people who know how to build not just business guys with an idea so when you are getting involved do you just want to see someone trying to hack something together yeah, and yeah. conviction? Someone, someone has to do that, right? But like, at what point would you say, hey, you don't have a pitch deck, you don't have a business card, you don't have a website, but you're building something we're in? Or is that too early? No, that's that's a good time. But we like to see co-founders. Okay. So you do not like investing in solopreneurs? I don't know if we've done it yet. Maybe once or twice. But out of the 34 or 5 deals, you know, we do about 2 deals a month. I don't think any of them don't have a assembled team. Of three, two to three people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay. That's, there's a lot of power in like multiples of, of two brains, an integrator and like a visionary. And so someone that can kind of keep a vision cast and then another that's really good at implementing a developer, a designer, a business person, and a, you know, or a strategist. And so I, like there's all, you want those yin and yangs. And that's like Trent, that's why Trent and I work so good together. Actually, we're, almost too similar but he he does he's the one that can like you guys look like you have a lot of fun we have a lot of fun but he, he does have we, to get work done he's we keep bumping into you in vegas peter and i do <laughs> he's <laughs> still in the working phase of his life um he's a little younger than me and he still like can sit down at a computer and he doesn't have adhd so he's he can crank okay i, I if it can't be done on my cell phone while driving okay <laughs> <It's> <laughs> next point is you want to see companies growing surprisingly fast every week or month with little resources like, what does that mean for you versus like Peter? Oh, I don't, you know, growing means like, are they getting to the problem faster? Like, I mean, are you looking for people who are doubling or tripling every month? I don't even know or look at that stuff. Like, okay. I don't even look at that. Meaning I, I don't well, it's know. on your website. So yeah, yeah. So, it's a fair question. So, so what I'm saying is I, I can feel the growth. This is probably where I'm almost, I have an unfair advantage in this. I have this spidey sense where I can feel if something's growing or not. Okay. Like, do I, am I seeing it in the market? So when you're investing in consumer, am I hearing about it randomly on the street? I remember I, st- I, I passed on chat books as an investor, and then I started hearing about it from everyone in Texas and other places. I'm like, damn. It's like the worst <laughs> is when you pass, and then the consumers in another state are talking about this product. and. Okay. And that's happened several times where I you see I the, miss the Pura the I miss, on the back of the cars. Yeah, I miss Pura, and I'm just like that was like I met with early, the, the founder early, of Pura early on. You might have brought me in him into. I remember no, I didn't bring you. John Richards introduced me to Pura. Gosh, I missed that one. It's just like and homie, I passed on. I have a friend that uh, passed on Facebook, oh, and he like <laughs> kicks himself because he was in Italy. Oh really? And there was this girl in the hotel in Italy in like. Not just Italy. I think they were in like Venice, yeah. and she was on the computer on Facebook. 
And he was like, I should have known at that moment. Like, here you are, yeah. other side of the world, in vain at Venice, and you're spending your time on Facebook. That was that was that was the key, yeah, right? That's, and that's like in the movie how Sean was it Sean um, Parker. It's like that was when it was. You remember when he got really excited when the Stanford student was using it, and he's like, "Crap!" He he saw the product in the wild, and he knew. Yep. And that's when he races back to get join up with Zuck. And so uh, that was me for neighbor. We didn't invest. I'm down in I'm down in um, Mexico in this little town with some friends, and they're trying to figure out what to do with their stuff. I'm like we should try a neighbor, and I hear that un un like not knowing that they didn't know that I was looking at the deal. I call up Joseph right then. And I'm like, <laughs> we went in, <laughs> and and we got in on the deal like at a, at, a, at a time. It was it took that validation, and and that's when I talk about is like I'm listening for those signals. Sometimes they're yep. as obvious as someone's saying it, and I'm like, I better get in. Other signals would be like, um, you know, just the industry is just seeing create like a GPT three type craze, and so you know you can know like there's some companies that have been playing around there and then AI just hasn't been a fair chance and 2023 is going to be a crazy AI year. And so it's like, did you make the relationships with those AI companies and is the time now or did you get in even a little bit earlier because you saw, you knew that 2023 was going to happen. I've just been chatting with GPT-3 uh, for a while with Kirk Weeman for th almost two years. Oh and yeah, I think you, I, you were the first person I saw online who did a post and it made me nervous. Like what's <laughs> happening here? Yeah. <laughs> and so it, was, it wasn't consumer though, it was his own chat. It was, it was so expensive. Every time I chatted with it, Kirk's like, that's another $40 and it was just me tinkering around. So it was your, your sessions with it back in the day were not not cheap and so it wasn't a consumer product at all. And now now they just unleashed it and 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 it's, I think it cost them a lot of money to still run, but it's like they they know that this is probably one of the biggest growth opportunities in the world to get a bunch of consumers in your that and i think they're thing. getting everybody hooked everybody right yeah like to a dangerous degree like they are the brand right yeah. now right yeah gpt so um yeah i i i i i have a gut i don't so i don't really look at growth numbers i i mean that's important to like see that they're doubling and stuff but i really want to know like did it hit the streets well did the do i have a a, a consumer that i know talking about it having good experience and swearing by it. Dree is one that's, I've had about five or six people say they can't live without it. And that's that, you know, that's like, I think Peter Thiel talks about like how, how you just want that hundred first customers that are going to go to bat for you that can't, could not survive without it. And and so there's certain companies that I see that get that, that inertia. And, and when you have that, it's like, it's up to you to screw it up. Once you have that inertia that you have happy, happy customers that are just going to be lifers if you can't figure out how to organize your company and get the right you know people on the bus that's that's the worst thing is when you see great product take kind of catch wind and then the team just cannot figure it out how to deal with the growth because they haven't been there before they don't know that they just caught this you know literally just a comet with a little uh -huh. little uh, little butterfly net and so it's like dang are they going to be able to hold on or are they going to mm -hmm. unravel and i've seen some unravel <laughs> um and you look at the history of most of the companies, they have these stories where co-founders have to get booted and the CEOs get one, one of my companies, Gab, had a great um, initial, someone that was like the perfect person for the first few years, but uh, was, you know, I guess they struggled to to continue to lead the team and, and was, was had a, and you kind of edit this actually, but like whatever. Gab was great, had some turnover. Yeah, so it's just like I've seen, I've seen, I know we don't want to talk about dirt on here, but I just, I don't want to like get into things that I no, think. No, 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 no. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's there's companies that unravel when they grow too fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, scaling prematurely? Um, yeah, yeah. 
or just like first time, like the leadership is just not, uh, you know, the founder might not have, um, the ability to let go sometimes like, Mm -hmm. and, and really know that at a certain stage of your company, you have to like, uh, let go of certain things. You can still run it, but man, if you cannot, if you have to be in every single piece of the biz and have be every piece of it in every single way, like you can think you're Steve Jobs, and I still don't even think Steve Jobs was, I think he had to know how to let go sometimes, right? And when to be an asshole, and when to let a team just run with something. So, so I don't know, I'm not a historian to know all this stuff, but I just, I've seen things where people hold on too tight, and that's never, um, not, in my experience, never a winning strategy. All right. Well, sounds good. So Scott will be with us for the next two or three podcasts. Go to venturecapital.fm if you want to learn more or to follow this conversation as we roll along.